Martin Luther King Jr. once stated that faith is taking the first step even when you can't see the entire staircase. Faith is taking the first step even when you can't see the entire staircase. In Hebrews 11.1, Scripture, Bible, good stuff, says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Faith was an extremely important part of the Bible, believe it or not. In fact, it's the most pinnacle part of our faith. Faith. (laughs) I didn't do that on purpose. Faith made Noah build the ark. Faith bore Isaac to Abraham and Sarah. Faith took Moses and the Israelites across the Red Sea. Faith made Goliath conquerable in the eyes of David. Faith took Jesus to the cross. And faith will set you free. Me too, by the way. Faith sets us free. Now, the thing that all those men that I just mentioned had in common is this. They were all seen as righteous in the eyes of God. They were all seen as righteous in the eyes of God. And that's because faith brings righteousness. We're going to be in Romans chapter 3 today is where we're going to spend most of our time. We'll be in verses 21 to begin with. Verse 21 and 22 says this. But now apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. See, here's the issue that arises that the Romans were dealing with and that Paul knew so well. They were overly dependent on the law. They were overly dependent on the law. And a lot of times we as Christians can do that same thing. We focus so much on the rules. We focus so much on the rules that we can't see beyond them. And that's how we start to make our judgment on what's good and evil. It's just the rules. It's, well, somebody's following the rules, and so they're good, or somebody broke a rule, and so now they're evil. But Scripture shows us that that is not the case. It's just not what happens. Paul wanted to make it clear to them. He wanted to make it clear to you and me that righteousness was more than just doing the right things. Okay, righteousness is more than just doing the right things. Now, I'm not discounting doing good. It is important for each and every single one of us to do good, Cordelia. It's important for every single one of us to understand that our lives are more about than doing good because good and righteous do not equate, no matter what Webster's Dictionary will tell you. See, if you look up those two words, they they kind of share meaning in our world, but not in God's world, not in God's world. If we look at the Greek... Okay, we go back to the original text. We look at the Greek word for good. It's agathos. And it means agreeable or pleasant. If we look at the Greek word for righteous, dikaios, sorry, a little rusty, dikaios, it means approved or acceptable to God. Agreeable and pleasant and approved and acceptable by God are not the same thing. They're just not. They're not in the eyes of God. They're not in the eyes of Scripture. That's not how it works. Paul wanted to make it known that righteousness only comes through faith in Jesus. Paul makes that clear for the Roman church. He makes that clear for each and every single one of us, that righteousness only comes through faith in Jesus. Not the good things we do, not the things that make us a good person, but through our faith. Here's the thing. Righteousness is a faith gift. Righteousness is a faith gift. Let's continue in Romans. This is the second half of 22 through 26. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. Second week in a row we see that. right? Paul wants us to know that this gift is for everyone, every single person. It's a faith gift that any person, no matter what their past, no matter what they've done, as long as they put their faith in Jesus, receives this righteousness. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We mentioned that verse next, last week as well. 
And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just to the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Now faith is a prerequisite for the Christian. We look in the Old Testament, back in that part of Scripture that's kind of confusing, where it says that God had left in his forbearance the previous sins unpunished. He's talking about the sacrificial system, right? Back in the Old Testament, before Jesus came and offered his sacrifice once good and for all, God had allowed people to receive forgiveness from their sins through the sacrificial system. You still, you repay, kill a dove, burn it. Uh, that's cheapening it, okay? It's not that simple. But it's those things that God had done, and he had used that for the time to come when he knew that Jesus would be there, and Jesus would bring an offering that could secure righteousness for anybody who puts their faith in the Son of God. People are justified, literally made right. Literally made right. That's what justified means, made right through faith in Jesus. Being justified is an act of acquittal. It's an act of acquittal. We think of our court system today. I want you to picture something for a minute. I want to picture you to picture that you rob a bank. Now, for some of you, that's easier than others. Don't say who. Don't raise your hand. Okay? Don't say like, hey, I think about that all the time. Don't want to know. Okay? But for some of you, that's a much easier leap to make than others. But let's just all picture for a second that we rob a bank. Armed robbery. My mom's here today. She always used to tell us when we were younger that that was her retirement plan. Still is. Right? Still is. Doesn't have retirement. Armed robbery. She'll spend the rest of her life in jail, have three square meals, shelter, right? Not an awful plan. She doesn't intend to hurt anybody, but it's the end goal that matters. That's, more for you. That's what she says. I appreciate you. Mama, love you. Okay? But I want you to picture all for a second that you are that person. You have robbed a bank or store or whatever it is. Now, you go to court, and you're, you're found guilty. There's lots of evidence, like a picture of you holding the gun saying, give me all your money. And uh, they decided, well, this person's definitely guilty. Now, when it comes to the trial, you're found guilty. Time comes for sentencing, and the judge says, you have been sentenced to no jail time. You have been given no probation. There's no fine and no court cost. Now, can you imagine that? Because I can't. I can't. And yet, that's what Jesus has done for us. Think about that. Our sin would say... You deserve death, but Jesus' death says you may receive righteousness as long as you put your faith in me. Now, is it that simple? We know in Scripture that it's not. We're told to count the cost. We know that faith is not an inactive sport. It's something that we have to actively participate in. It's something that we have to choose. But as far as the act of acquittal, the act of justification goes, just like that, we receive righteousness once we put our faith in Christ. And you know what? We must not only take this gift, but we must take this gift and give it to others. The mission statement for our faith is found in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. It's known as the Great Commission. And in that, Jesus says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. 
And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Again, the mission statement of the Christian faith says that you have received righteousness through faith, and now it's your job to take that gift and share it with others. Faith is an active sport. It's something that we have to actively participate in. I think sometimes, if I'm being honest, that that does not uh, uh, compute. It doesn't compute because nothing comes for free in our world. Nothing. There's always some type of payment to be made, whether that's money or that's time or sweat, blood, tears, whatever you want to say. There's always some offering that has to be given in order to receive something, right? Now, you may buy one, get one free, but that's only after four payments of $79.95 for a mini crock pot that doesn't work, right? So that type of stuff, it just doesn't compute with us that for some reason, some way, we are going to receive this amazingly free ultimate gift of forgiveness. We think we must do something. And the Romans thought that as well. The Romans thought that as well. And they said, well, we have to do this, and we have to do this, and we have to do this, and we have to do this. And as long as we check everything off our lips, then we'll get that gift. We'll receive that grace. We'll be justified. We'll receive righteousness. And Paul says, no, listen, the law has been here. Okay? But it's not the law that justifies you. It's not the law that gives you righteousness. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And you have to go to Jesus and put your faith in Jesus and believe in Jesus to receive this ultimate gift of righteousness. That's the end goal. Righteousness is a gift of grace. There's no task required to earn it. But once we receive it, it should radiate from us. If we look at this as I'll put my faith in Jesus and get the jail out of free card. The jail. That's not right. Get the get out of jail free card. That's right. Right? I'm stuck on jail this morning. I don't know why. But if we look at our faith as only that, as only seeing it as a way out of the bad stuff, as only seeing it as a way to escape hell, as only saying that I won't be punished for all the bad I've done, I'm going to go ahead and say there's a good chance that we probably haven't quite put our faith in Jesus. There's a good chance that we're not experiencing all that Jesus has meant from us. Because a relationship with Jesus is so much more than escaping hell. Here's the thing. We have to find a healthy balance between faith and the rules. Romans 3, 27-31 says, Where then is boasting? It is excluded because of what law? The law that requires works? Question mark. No. Because of the law that requires faith. faith. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. Or is God the God of Jews only? Is he not the God of the Gentiles too? Yes, of Gentiles too. Since there is only one God who will justify the circumcised by faith and the uncircumcised through that same faith. Do we then nullify the law by this faith? Not at all. Rather, we uphold the law. See, Paul knew something else about people. Something that still holds true to this day that held true in that day. People like to live at extremes. There's very little middle ground. We don't seek it out. We don't care for it. We want to be at one end or the other, right? Maybe our current political climate's part of that. Not speaking to it, just saying. We like to be at one side or the other. And there's no middle ground to be found. And that's part of the struggle they had in the early church. And so what happens is we end up with two camps. Two camps come out of this. The first is rigid, 
rule following, Bible beating, focus on the sins of others only, which makes God look angry, judgmental, and uncaring. Now, God will judge you. He's not uncaring. And he's angry only when he's tried to offer you this gift of grace and you've thrown it back in his face as a rejection. See, then the other camp says, don't judge me, bro. Only God can judge me. You can't judge me. Don't judge me. Takes pride in the fact that they turn their nose up against the law and says that God loves you no matter what. As long as you put your faith in Christ, God loves you no matter what. See, but that makes Christianity look cheap and unnecessary because if God loves us no matter what, then why do I need to do all of this? Why do I need to do all of this? But what we need is the Romans 3 camp, which is somewhere in the middle, which says a person's righteousness comes by putting their faith in God, but also says rules still have their value as a tool of guidance and not one for us to judge others by. Okay? That's where we need to find ourselves. That's where we need to fall. My righteousness comes through Christ, but because of my relationship with Christ, I see value in the law. I see value in the fact that I'm not supposed to lie. I see value in the fact that I'm not supposed to cheat. I see value in the fact that I'm not supposed to covet. Hopefully we all see value in the fact that we're not supposed to murder. Right? It looks at the law and it says, this is good. Because Jesus himself said, this is good. When we put our faith in Jesus, when we rely on Jesus, when we look to Jesus, we find righteousness. And when we look at the law, we don't see something constricting us. We see something meant to bring us freedom. Something that's supposed to keep us from sin. Something that's supposed to be ultimately an extreme positive in our life. The only way that any of us, any person, receives righteousness is by being acquitted by putting our faith in Jesus. It's the only way it happens. It's the only way it happens. But faith never stops. It does not stop once we receive salvation. Faith does not stop. Faith says, here I am, Lord, send me. Faith says, even though I don't want to, I will anyways. Faith says, though none go with me, I still will follow. At the end of the day, faith is a choice. All those men we talked about earlier, Noah, David, Moses, Jesus, they all made a choice. At the end of the day, they chose to put their faith in God. And at the end of the day, that's the choice that I make as well. And that's the choice that you must decide whether or not you will make. On a daily basis, will you put your faith in God? It's not something that just happens. It's not something that just happens. You don't wake up one day and say, man, I have faith in God. Right? When God speaks to us, when the Spirit moves in us, we still have to make that choice to put our faith in God. Daily as we walk, what will your choice be? Because I tell you right here now that I choose faith. I choose faith. And I know that through that faith is the only chance at righteousness that I'm ever going to get. I still try to do good. 
I don't always hit that mark. But it's my faith in Christ that makes all the difference. It's Jesus that makes all the difference. So what type of people are we going to be? Are we going to be people who are completely controlled and ruled over by the law? Or are we going to be people who are controlled and ruled over by the king? I choose to be ruled by Jesus. I choose to choose faith. Ultimately, that's the decision that every single one of us has to make. Let's pray, shall we? Lord, I come to you right now. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the fact that you sent your son to give us a way to obtain righteousness when, quite frankly, there was no other way that was going to get it done. God, I pray that you allow all of us to search our hearts to see that we must put our faith in your son, that that's the only way that we receive righteousness. Help us to see that the law is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. It's, it's there for guidance. It's there to s- guidance. It's there to set us free. But God, don't let us use it as a tool for which we judge others. Help us to choose faith daily. To look at you and say, God, here I am. Send me. Whatever it is that you want from me, I will do. Help us to understand that faith doesn't end at salvation. That this isn't some hall pass to get us out of hell. God, it's a way of life. It's a relationship. Help us to be people who daily choose you. I ask for all these things in your son's name. Amen. Now, I will be back over here to the right, as I normally am, to pray with anybody who wants to pray. If you'd like to pray with Jared, Jared's up here on the left, and he's offered to pray with anybody who may want to pray with him or feels more comfortable. A couple different choices that we can make as people at church. The first is we can say, I'm going to put my faith in Jesus. I'm going to choose faith, and I'm going to seek righteousness. The second is to say, I've chosen Jesus, but, you know, somewhere along the way, Things just got muddled for me, and and I focused maybe a little bit too much on the law and the rules and realized that my relationship with Jesus has slipped, and I just want to rededicate myself to being a person who follows God's will, who follows where Christ is trying to lead me. Maybe some of you today are not members of this church, but you would like to become a member of Crosspoint. I tell you right now that we would love to have you. We would be honored to have you join us. You can come speak with me about that. We'll start that process. We would love to have you. If none of those three things apply to you, then stand, worship the God who sent his son to die on a cross to pave a way for us to obtain righteousness. Spend this time in prayer. Spend this time in reflection. Worship God.